What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Weird Corpus Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Johnny Hotcakes. And I'm Emma Nicole. We got a great show for you today, folks. Stick around. El Dusty coming up next. You're listening to Weird Corpus. I'm one of your hosts, Johnny Hotcakes. And I'm Emma Nicole Smith. Weird Corpus Podcast talks about everything art, entertainment, and culture in Corpus Christi. And you'll get to meet all of the people that make Corpus a little bit different. Welcome to Weird Corpus. Welcome out, everybody, to the Weird Corpus Podcast. Like I said before, I'm one of your hosts, Johnny Hotcakes. And I'm Emma Nicole. And we got a great guest with us here today. This, the legendary Corpus Christian himself, the man of downtown, the unofficial mayor of Corpus Christi. The king of downtown. Put your hands together for El Dusty. What's up? Air horn aficionado. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Welcome out, man. Thank you so much for being our guest today. Yes. Uh, we have so much to talk about, actually, with you. I mean, uh, we're so pumped to have you here. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. So I'm excited. I want to go and start scared. Off. You're scared. Why are you scared? Don't be. Well, because Johnny always plays jokes, and you're like a darkie, so it's like that's you gotta true. Be scared. I'm a what? A darkie. What is that? Your humor is just your dark oh. humor. You know, like See, it's dark humor. You know, I did not know that was a a, a darkie. Well, yeah. We're <laughs> I think it's kind of like a, a what do you what do you like a goth? The yeah, goth girl. Gothy. The goth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I can. I like that. That's fine. Well, I'll allow it. <laughs> I want to start off this interview with a couple of things. So, I don't know if our listeners know the entire story of El Dusty, right? So, I want to start at the beginning. Of course, we want to go through that kind of stuff, like who you are and stuff like that. So, real quick, right off the bat, what? Who is El Dusty? Like right now? Like what's what's the deal? Um, I'm a dude here in Corpus making some music. We are. I mean, I've got a bunch of things going on, but uh, the I guess the main thing right now is we're just like a local hip hop scene is kind of like blooming, blossoming. Yeah. And uh, uh, just like helping steer these guys along and recording some people at the studio and producing a couple of people and and also working on my own stuff in the meantime. So. So you're you're actually pretty busy right now. I wanted to I want to go into that a little bit later in the show because I want to let people know what's go- what you got going on right now. But yeah. let's back it up to the beginning of the story. So I've known you for quite a number of years. You've always been a DJ since mm-hmm. I've known you, and we've known each other since we were 15 years old. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's go back to the original story. How did you get into DJing <clears throat> the turntables? Right there in high school, as early as that. Uh, actually, man, I got them like in the eighth, seventh or eighth grade. Uh, it was around like 90, 92, 93. And uh, I always wanted to kind of be a DJ. Um, my dad was like into music, and my my parents were into music and stuff. And they, I mean, they weren't musicians, but they really loved. They were real big like music lovers, and they always had different kinds of music in the in the house. So you, they had this record collection or what? Well, it was like, a, yeah, I mean, like a collection of records. It had tapes and, and all kinds of stuff. And my mom always had like a huge collection of, of CDs and stuff. And so um, when I was young, I would like listen to a lot of the oldies that she would have around the house. And I was always like, hey, man, this is a Tribe Called Quest song or this is a this sounds like a, a you know, like a b- bunch of stuff that I was listening to at the time, you know, like all sampled. Uh, I was starting to figure out like that there is 
samples coming from these old tracks you know all these dr dre tracks yeah yeah everything old everything was just old songs you know so um that was kind of cool because i was getting into djing and stuff um i I wanted to be a dj and so kind of learning about the old music first was kind of a good i guess introduction introduction to the whole thing i heard too that you were really into 90s house music (laughs) yes very much back in the day (laughs) i live for that stuff Yeah, I have a big collection of, of 90s house and jungle and drum and bass and all kinds of rave stuff. I mean, I was like a, a like at the at the time when like the rave scene was like really going off here in Corpus, I had a, a sound system and all the like older kids would like hit me up and be like, yo, uh, we need some sound and you can also play. <laughs> like, <laughs> we'll be kind enough. Yeah, to yeah, we'll, we'll let you play. And I would play like real early. And of course, the, the those shows were going like all night long or whatever. So um i you know it was cool i would i would kind of like uh, get my feet wet by going out there and doing sound for these djs and then also uh get to intro for them so who were these these djs like right at the beginning of the scene oh, like no. uh who was like that's that you still know because i did a deep dive on your instagram really and i saw a picture of you back in city skates oh yeah yeah Whoa. back in <laughs> 1998 so what was going on there who was who was the scene at that well time? that at that point we had already been doing it for a while um when we got into like city skates and stuff me and i was djing with uh natural back in the day me him uh this guy named too swift who's he's still in the music business as well um and uh a bunch of other like that was we're like little break dancers and stuff like that at that point and we would just kind of do teen nights and things around the around the city but um and those rave guys was like a bunch of dudes like uh dj think and gus uh dj goose there was another guy named brick um a bunch of these old school uh house hip-hop like uh rave djs you know yeah. at the time it was pretty much just house and chicago and house stuff my stuff was my, i was into chicago house yeah they these guys were more into like 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 kind of like the party or euro more, stuff more, or, I, nah, I don't i wouldn't even call it euro i was just like house music you know like i, I don't know it was a different ba- it was different back then you know so but the stuff that i was into was more like chicago hard house and i was i was into like soul um a bunch of like like little like soul house tracks and then um I got into like drum and bass and hip. I was already into hip hop at the time. So that, that was kind of like a little transition for me was kind of drum and bass and, and house music. So like, not only were you like DJing at this time, you've already spent a significant amount of hours into exploring every different genre that you could possibly think of, (laughs) like from a young age. Yeah. I mean, in, in, in middle school and stuff, we would have parties at the house and we would be playing like, oldies and rock and and a bunch of hip-hop and stuff and everybody's just kind of like man what the heck is all this stuff (laughs) like is this my parents music or is it like but it was cool you know we're 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 jamming you know and um and then it just kind of like i kind of like found my own sound into like the hip-hop world and and the uh and like with like some latin elements and things like that so so then let's jump forward a little bit so you've been djing in the scene you're a, a young teenager and then you get into your 20s and then the producer cap comes and gets put on you. Yeah. Did you take it? What <laughs> was the story there? How did it transition from spinning records on the decks like to that production side? Um, well, I I, um, I was always interested in like making beats and, and sampling and stuff like that. So I've, I, I, I had got an MPC when I was uh, in high school and I didn't really start messing with it until after I graduated. But um, 
I like I would I would like record songs or samples into the MPC and like program the beat on there. But then I would like record everything like one bit by bit into my computer and then like piece it together in a program called Acid. And it was just like really prehistoric beat making <laughs> at that point, you know. Would you upload it to Napster? <laughs> no, because Lime I didn't wire. want anyone stealing my music. You're like, I'll show you this sample on MySpace, but that's about that's it. That's about uh -huh. all you get as a preview with like hella gif, sparkly <laughs> gifs. Sparkles, blingy, little blingy gif. But uh, track. yes, but uh, but yeah, I mean that that's the you know, I mean I've I've done it. I've done a little bit of everything, but it, and then. Um, I, st I joined my band. I joined a band and uh, right after high school called IH Five, and they got me. They were already kind of like playing around, but they were like a live rock band. And then I jumped in uh, DJing and like dropping samples and stuff like that. And then uh, sort of <clears throat> they they brought me in at the end when they were already like done with their demo. And then uh, so I laid a bunch of stuff over at keys and 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 scratching and things like that. And then when we would play. I would perform with the NPC and like the turntables and stuff. And so it was a pretty cool kind of like live production set thing. I don't know. And then, um, and then when we started recording more, uh, and the technology kind of caught up, um, we, I started kind of like recording the band and, and kind of like making beats for them and stuff. And then I met uh, a friend of mine named Jojo. We would work together all the time as well. It was just like me and him were pretty much like figuring out how to, record and make beats <clears throat> together as kids uh, while he was working on his rap project and I was kind of just figuring out how to produce. And that know? guy hasn't stopped either yet. No, no, no. He's, he's still going. Yeah, Drophy, he's, he's, he's out there. He's, he lives in LA and he's doing his thing and he's he's got lots of, lots of music out, lots of cool stuff. I'm going to bring it back to when I first, because uh, when I had a band, I recorded with you mm -hmm. in the 600 building, I believe it was. No, the, it was the Noasis building. The Noasis building, yeah. that's right. When you went in there, it was the new Oasis lofts now, but I remember walking in there and it was totally dark in there. Like there was, it was <laughs> like this raggedy building oh that the lights were off yeah. in the hallway, but oh, then you go uh -huh. in and Dusty had a setup and you go in there and you can record an album in there. And I remember him working on the computer from behind the booth. Mm -hmm. And that was like, I had never seen anything like that before. <laughs> we were used to recording off of tapes, real to real <laughs> stuff, guys Whoa. pushing buttons. But Dust was like putting stuff together on the computer. Do you remember Digital that? Yeah. New oh yeah. Millennium. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, I mean, hey. that was return of Maybe the you weren't even born then. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to move on real quick. So now uh, let's talk a little bit about um, your setup now. So you have your own studio, and uh, like I see so much action from you on the internet, like doing things right now. What's the purpose of the studio, number one? And number two, what's, what's been going on in there? <laughs> I can't tell you very much. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, well, originally we, we had, you know, we, we talked to DMD and we wanted to like take advantage of some of the DMD uh, programs that they had going on, like the facade improvement programs and some of those like, cause we uh, backtrack, you know, I bought the building where produces at uh, a couple years ago. And we had been there for 10 years without remodeling it or, or whatever, you know, whatever we put into it kind of was just like out of pocket. And, and, uh, and, it, and, you know, as you, as you know, like if you rent a building and you remodel it and you leave, all your stuff pretty much stays there and you kind of, you're at a loss, you know, or I mean, it was whatever, it's different situations for different people, but, um, 
you're investing in this building, right? I was investing in the building, yeah. And so then the owner was like, dude, just just buy the building, you know? Like, it'll probably be cheaper than what you're paying, right? And she was right, you know? And so <laughs> um, so we ended up buying the building, and now we're we're remodeling it, and we're, we're coming to the end of the line. But uh, we had a lot of help with, with from DMD and uh, Jason and, and Alyssa particularly. And uh, now the whole building is, like, remodeled inside, outside, upstairs. Uh, my, my I live upstairs in the apartment, and, and that's been remodeled. And uh, it's just... You know, it's just kind of like originally a studio was built for uh, my own personal use. But then uh, all this like COVID stuff happened, like yeah. right when we moved in. And so, um, you know, I haven't I had to cancel a bunch of touring and, and a bunch of live shows and stuff. And so that that's basically like like pretty much all my income. And uh, and we you know, we kind of had to figure out something else. So we opened up the studio to the public recently. And uh, there's a lot of people going in there, and there's a lot of people calling. And people, that's cool. Yeah. You've so. always had a huge like focus on downtown Corpus and like revitalizing everything. You've been involved in so many different things happening downtown. But I feel like with an artist as successful as yourself, that it's easy to pick up and leave. Maybe go to LA. Maybe mm -hmm. go to New York. Why? Why Corpus? Um, well, I mean, it's called the Corpus Clutch. <laughs> and, uh, well, uh, I, I mean, you know, I've had plenty of chances to leave, you know what I mean? And, and I'm, I'm not saying that I, I still might not ever leave, but, um, uh, I always like to have like a root, uh, my roots here and, and my family's here and stuff. So I've always kind of just stuck around and, and I, you know, I just kind of like the scenery here. It's just, it's very laid back and I, I'm, I'm kind of a... I mean, I'm kind of a private person. Um, I only like to kind of like let people know about the entertainment aspect of my life, you know, and um, and I kind of I'm able to put that turn on that switch and turn off that switch uh, really good. I've learned how to do that. And um, so being in Corpus, it kind of allows me to do that. You know, when you're in L.A., it's just like everywhere you go, somebody that, you know, like if you're a famous person or if you become famous, um, everybody's all up in your business over there, you know, and like even, even someone like me who, you know, I'm really nobody, but you go over there and you kind of get recognized a lot. And, and there's a lot of people that are doing music and a lot of people that are trying to come up over there. So people bugging you and, and people like having their hands in your pockets when it's not at, for the best intention. So this you know? is kind of like, uh, this is kind of like a safe space, space, safe yeah. space, man. I can come home and chill and I don't have nothing to worry about. And the, the locals here, they're all my you. homies. They yeah, adore yeah. You. <laughs> they're going to give you your space. They're going to give you the respect. Right. And then they're not going to be wanting something from you. And every. There's a certain level of appreciation, I think with like local people people you grew up with people you know your oh, hometown yeah. people yeah yeah I, I i got a lot of love for everybody here i've never been you know any fights with anybody or beefs or anything like that so i've been pretty lucky <laughs> i think it's I'm pretty lucky i think it's a chill attitude who, yeah. who come on who's gonna bother you but i, I do want to i want to jump back a little bit in time uh because you got so much stuff going down and produce right now i want to know when you consider the pop-off for El Dusty was, right? Because I want to know when that light came on, that light bulb for the world came on. I think I know when that, that moment was, but I, I want to hear it from you. When do you think the moment was that El Dusty like, hit, the, hit the road running? Um, well, I've, I've been fortunate enough to kind of like been in different projects that have always kind of like had – 
success. You know, the 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 first band I was in, like we we're the most popular band at our high school. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then uh, and then we went on to get a record deal and and kind of were able to like produce our own album and and things like that. So we kind of went through all that stuff. And uh, and I felt a little bit successful there, you know, like, oh, this is a taste of what it's like. And then I was able to then from there, I, uh, uh, the guy that had signed us, this dude named Charles Chavez, he um, signed like Baby Bash and Frankie J. And now he's got like all these hits like under his belt, you know, like just loads of stuff playing skills like everybody who's from Texas or around um, here. And um, he's kind of like been the guy to kind of produce him and put them out. But um, he like gave me a couple of chances for some things you know he took me on tour as as baby bash's dj whenever the uh their their song sugar sugar kind of hit and we went on this like whole tour throughout the u.s for like 100 dates and we lived like on a tour bus for six months and uh, that kind of showed me like oh man you know all my friends are here doing this and they're kind of being it's a success and i saw them you know I would they would always come to Corpus to play shows because at that time I was working at Z95 like as an intern and I would always see these guys like coming in to play shows and it was like they were they had success but it was more like local you know and and um, and they were from Houston and stuff so they would come to Corpus and everybody would think they were big time you know and then um, and then once they really hit and we started going on the road like like around the U.S. and you would see like like all these people like freaking out you know and uh and it was just like and all my friends you know frankie and bash were just kind of like oh like damn it was kind of just taking it in this is crazy you know and uh and so it was, it was cool it was like a, a learning experience from and then from there i i really started pushing making my own music and uh around like 2011 i put out kill pasa and i got a I, I we had just made the video you were there we made the video at my at my house and we just sort of put it out as like a as like a, a video on YouTube and uh, and then it blew up and and on YouTube like every like every day it was like thousands of views and then uh, I got a I got approached by a record company in Germany named Man Recordings and um, and then they put they put it out and about two weeks later we got hit up from Universal and Pepsi and they were gonna start like a collaborative label and that's how I got hooked up with Universal and then I've, I've been with Universal pretty much ever since up until now. Let's talk about the Que La Pasa video, actually, because it's pretty iconic <laughs> in in the sense that uh, it was young Corpus, mm -hmm. like in a wild, very, what I would perceive to be a really wild time in Corpus. <laughs> Downtown was like alive and thriving. Yeah. Um, Aria was popping. We were DJing at Aria every yeah, weekend. Yeah. We were spending every weekend over there doing some crazy <laughs> crazy amount of people were packed in that yeah i like got sardines. like a little taste of it because when i moved here was when it it was kind of like just starting to slow down a little bit yeah. so i did get like a, a little taste of that right there was on. always something going on yeah. like every weekend somebody was here we're gonna go eat dinner here and then we're all gonna meet here and this person's djing and it was like a reason to dress up and like get mm -hmm. out yep. and yeah then we and then you know the economic downturn uh, downtown hit and it slowed down but El Dusty never really stopped after Que La Pasa then I really see a snowball effect in the music that you're making mm -hmm. what happened right after Que La Pasa into the next track which was what uh, I, I kind of like re released a couple of tracks after that I think I think like Trapanetto was the next one 
and then um and then cumbia anthem came out um and i was working with some friends in in miami out there and we we made cumbia anthem kind of like on a whim and then uh and then we and then you know it just kind of like it kind of blew up that song just kind of did really good uh we got nominated for a latin grammy and um and then we just kind of saw a lot of success off of that. We started playing EDC and all those festivals and Billboard Awards and all kinds of stuff. And so um, it was cool. And I mean, that kind of like, I guess, like solidified me as an artist, um, according to my parents. <laughs> 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 and um, and then, you know, from there, I just kind of kept it going. You know what I mean? I, I, I've just been releasing music and trying to put up with a, having a a major label deal for 10 years already you know what i mean yeah and, and well i want to take a quick break and after this break we're going to get right back into cumbia anthem talk about the latin grammys and stuff like that so ladies and gentlemen stick around we're coming right back this is weird corpus be sure to check out www.rightoncorpus.com they got all the latest news on all the happenings right here in corpus christi on all the coolest things rightoncorpus.com Welcome back everybody. We are here with El Dusty, the man, the myth, local yeah. legend. Hola. Hello. <laughs> Hello. So we we're going to follow right back up with it. I'm trying so to keep up with you guys like head uh we're on the emotions. You guys are like communicating non-verbally. I love it. <laughs> We I have was like, to wow, what are they saying to each other? Distancing, and then we have to know what each other's thinking at all times, which yeah. is a, yes. yeah. a strong point. A lot of mind really. reading, yeah. a lot of lip reading. We don't have to communicate as a But couple. why did you look at him like that? No, I'm what just joking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, tell me. I want to know. You know what? Let's not out my <laughs> Let's go I'm back honest. and let's talk about Gumbia Anthem because this was Gumbia Anthem happened when I was at law school and I'm so <laughs> mad that this video was shot when I was gone for three years <laughs> and then so crazy. I see it come out and I'm like crying in my apartment alone tell us uh -huh. about Gumbia Anthem <laughs> how did this how let's talk about the whole project okay like the song okay. and then the video because both together yeah I think that was the juggernaut like yeah what? it was cool um well the song uh, like I said I was in Miami I was at I was at my buddy Milk's house he was out of town and so i was kind of chilling there by myself and uh, i would just work on music i, I was doing that to just kind of like lock myself away and work on stuff while i was kind of in the downtime and uh i i had met happy colors on twitter a couple of times and i and then we played a show there in miami and i met him in person for the first time and i was like dude you're like a little kid. <laughs> I was like, what the heck? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, man. And I was like, all right, cool. So, and then I was like, hey, man, I'm in town. You know, maybe we can hang out or make some stuff. Uh, and he was like, hit me up. And so I hit him up. And uh, and he, he was like, yeah, I'll come through tonight. I'll call you whenever I'm on my way. I was, it was probably like two or three in the morning by the time he hit me up. Oh, and my. He, <laughs> and he was like, yo, I'm coming over. And I was like, all right, cool. He shows up, him and this other dude. And he's got like his whole pc like tower Jeez. with the monitor and oh. the keyboard and, and his friend's not carrying anything <laughs> like it doesn't help him with like, anything hey, whatsoever yeah. like like all right and i was 95 like 95 pounds but yeah yeah 95 pounds of, of computer <laughs> <laughs> right? yeah. Jesus. so he comes in and um 
and we set up his computer you know we're kind of we're just kind of like talking for a while and messing around and and then we start making beats uh and i have a bunch of samples that i've kind of like yo i want to make a beats with i want to make beats with some of these some of these tunes uh and cumbia you know bailando cumbia which is, is the name of the sample he uh I, I took out that one and he started like getting, going through it and then he made uh he made an arrangement and then he he handed it off to me and then i kind of like did my thing on it and then uh and it just turned into what it was, you know, and and uh, and then when we came back, uh, I mean, you could it's weird, like whenever you have a song like you like you can tell that it's good, but then like you kind of get used to it or whatever. Yeah. And then it's just like, OK, whatever. And and then you show it to people and they're like, OK, this is cool. But then like when you put a video on it and people hear it for the first time with a video, it completely like changes their perspective of the song, you know, and and and. And at that time, we were still doing the deal with Pepsi. So Pepsi was, like, giving us all this money to, like, make videos and stuff. And so I was like, well, naturally, I'm just going to hire all my friends. And yeah. so that's what we did was we blew all this money on a video. <laughs> you hired me, too. Do you yeah, remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. <laughs> what? I was the only one that didn't cash in on this? Yeah. Sorry. Dang, sorry, I could have paid my tuition over there. <laughs> yeah. Lord. So, everybody, you know, we all, I, you know, I was just, like, trying to gather all my friends together and, and do some projects, you know. And and uh, and the video came out great, dude. I mean, we, we really liked uh, what we shot. And then, we, you know, Justin took it home and edited it and colored it. And we... We, you know, we, we got to rent all this cool equipment and all my friends from Mexico were able to fly over here and, and help us produce the video. And and it was just a good time, you know. Um, uh, the only person that we're missing was you. Dang. <laughs> but you know what? Hey, I want to I really want to to get this this in here. Um, so basically, the big thing that I've noticed about you and that is so inspiring, like for all of us, is that your ability to work with the team the teamwork aspect of el dusty seen as seeing it from the outside looking at looking at you that is a, an amazing feat can you tell us a little bit about your mindset when it comes to building building this team that i i see you have assembled and tell us a little bit about that team uh yeah i mean produce you know we're kind of 10 years in the making but uh it's kind of we have like all our roles, you know, Aaron's a graphic designer and he's kind of like a creative director sort of dude. And, uh, and we all, I mean, we're all creative directors, I guess, in a way, but we all kind of get together and talk about what we're going to do next. And, uh, and you know, all these guys have kind of been my friends through sushi bar. Uh, whenever sushi bar was around, it was like a real creative hub for like all these people that are just into, making stuff happen would just kind of hang out there all the time you know and and i was always there you guys were always there mm -hmm. um aaron and aaron has been there forever and and charlie and all the old school cats that were always there and and pretty much like every creative person fang and zach and Drophy and everybody who has ever been through like made any <laughs> made any kind of success in like the music business in our generation has been through our doors you know and or through or we met at sushi bar and uh and it's pretty cool you know like uh, anytime i need something you know if i need a photo i call carlos or i call dustin or i call these like any of my buddies that are that are photographers and then graphic designer you know you got aaron you got you got um all you know zach we got fang all the guys are kind of into it now now everybody's kind of getting into making beats and producing uh and and you know now we have guys like mariano on our team who are like 
have been in the game for years and years and got all these accolades and stuff. And I mean, at the beginning, he, he, he didn't, I don't think he really saw it. You know, he kind of was just like, man, all these kids is kind of like messing around over here. Uh, but then he really jumped into it when he kind of saw like, dude, this is like a real thing, you know? And I, and I feel like that's kind of like a, like, it's kind of like one of those things where a lot of people kind of see us and they're just like, what do these guys even do? You yeah, know what, what, are they they do? <laughs> what are they doing? They're <laughs> no self-proof. Like, it's yeah. like a treehouse, uh -huh. but yeah. like a weird yeah. guys. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very weird. But, uh, but I mean, man, you know, we're, we're doing our thing and we're, we're having, we're having our own success at it. You know what I mean? And I mean, we're not, be we're not becoming rich or anything, but we're able to pay each other and, and kind of make a living there and be able to work together. And, and hopefully this, uh, blossoms into something else for the future, which, you know, we have a lot of plans for that. So what I've seen here is like a pattern, right? Like you're, you've assembled this team, but it's been years in the making. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, uh, let's talk a little bit about Justin too. He's a, he's a, what is Justin Hoskins doing, uh, in, in, along this career path? Because I've seen him and do everything. Yeah, Justin's kind of on. Like, I mean, just like all, all of us, he's kind of like an uh, all-in-one kind of person. I mean, he can do graphics and video editing, and and he can shoot and do photos and stuff. And we've kind of all uh, worked together for year, you know, even way before Produce. You know, uh, in college, Justin was was booking my band to go play shows and stuff like that. My, another band that I had called El Sancho. And uh, he was booking us to, to go do shows out, out there. And and, and uh, they were doing music videos with Department 13. And I kind of linked up with them for a couple of years as well. Sorry. Um, and then, um, and so now he's kind of just like full-time video editor and producer. Uh, he lives up in Dallas. And he's got a lot of big projects going on with all kinds of people. He's always flying up to Nashville and doing things up in Nashville for a lot of country artists and a bunch of urban country, like hip hop artists and stuff like that. So, um, he's, he's pretty deep in the game, man. And then like Fang and, and Zach are out there at the, at the narco house in in LA with Drophy, um, another kind of like connection that happened through us. Um, and they all kind of live together out there in LA and they're all working. And, and that house is also like a creative hub in LA. That's just nonstop hip hop artists going through there. And I mean, even that guy Blueface like filmed his video there, you know? So, uh, it's, a, it's, it's just a crazy bunch of dudes, you so know? So the seed was planted and you can now 10 years later, you can see how it's really grown. It's, yeah. I mean, and, and it's expanded branched off it's a little bit. A yes, lot. Yes. That's all over amazing. the country. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Um, yeah, man, it's cool to kind of like anytime we go somewhere, we just kind of call somebody that we were already working with, you know what I mean? And, and just meet us over there. Let's link up. Let's build. <laughs> let's build. Let's build, as they say on Twitter. <laughs> yep. uh <-huh. laughs> so let's jump back. Uh, let's talk about uh, the video for Cumbia Anthem. Uh, it dropped. It's getting a lot of play. And then you get nominated. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, yeah, the video is doing pretty well. Uh, like I said, Pepsi was behind it, so they they helped us with the marketing and they placed it in a couple commercials and stuff like that. And then um, and then yeah, man, one morning I wake up and I'm getting all these text messages, congratulations, and this and that. And then next thing you know, we're kind of nominated for a, a Latin Grammy. And 
I hit up Happy and I was like, dude, did you, like he was like, I know. <laughs> I'm like, all right, yeah. Dude, I already yeah. know. He's very like not he's not very outspoken, so he's just like, I know, and I'm like, all right, that's that's enough. Like that's all I need. That's all I need. Yeah. That was good. And then we were able we were, I mean, you know, we were able to attend um uh, the Grammys and we, we were sit we got to sit down there in the artist tank and stuff like that and and uh it was really cool, man. You know, like we it was just like a big party the whole time. We were, we rode up there in a limo and all that. You know what I mean? We got the red carpet and all that stuff. I mean, it was fun, man. It was and it was cool to be uh, a lot of all the homies from here in Corpus were kind of like following it and yeah. watching it on yeah. TV. And they were like, I see you. And no. I, don't know. So <laughs> <laughs> I see you on TV. I see you. I saw your cap. Oh <laughs> like, oh, but it was really cool, man. I mean, like ever, you, you know. <laughs> it was awesome yeah happy wore a, a white tuxedo and <laughs> 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 yes good. yes good. yes so that's an incredible moment that must have been awesome but i want to know something uh, i want to know about a gig that you've had with that made you like cringe because oh, i feel like you reach this like those. pinnacle <laughs> and you're like wow like you're just soaking it up <sighs> but sometimes in my own things i think yes. as an artist we think back to like those cringy like, uh, yeah there's a lot of those actually and i mean being a dj or, or or being a dj artist where you're kind of like misunderstood already you know it's like they hire they're, they're like oh let's just get dusty to come dj at our quinceanera or or like uh -huh. yeah. at our birthday party in the backyard <laughs> you know what i mean i'm just like dude like i'm sorry but that's not what i do you know like yeah. right. i'm not gonna go over there and play other people's music i'm just gonna go and play my own music and people are gonna look at you like look at me like i'm weird you know <laughs> <laughs> so that i mean there's a lot of those actually so they it, it's just been one of those things where uh, I have to like pick my gigs very uh, carefully and uh, and you know and, and that's because of how many cringy gigs that I've had you know wow. I've had plenty of of, of backyard <laughs> uh, barbecues and and all kinds of stuff in my Family day reunions. yes so <laughs> I'm, I'm used to the cringy stuff and and I and I and I'm also like pretty good at handling situations too where it's like if something is bad or, or something's whack like I'll figure out a way to fix it and then we kind of move along, you know, but I'm I, lately I've been very good at selecting like my gigs and making sure they're cringe free. I want to bring up a cringy gig <sighs> experience that Dusty told me about that he had one time whenever he was DJing at a quinceanera uh, and there was an old lady. The lady with the thumbs down. He <laughs> <laughs> just, just threw the whole story away. Sorry, man. This is like with the worst day of my life. He just like put me I on blast. I want to hear this. Well, I, I, like, so... I'm like 13 or 14 years old and we don't have all the equipment. So we're just like DJing with like two turntables and like a home CD player that's like hooked up to the mixer. Yeah. And then like car stereo speakers oh and all kinds gosh. of stuff everywhere. And, um, and, and yeah, uh, the lady was not very uh, happy about this music selection. Well, it's partly because like all I had was like rap records, you know? And then, Aww. so like the, the, the wedding stuff was coming off the CD. So I would like, in my head, I had it all figured out. I was like, oh, dude, I'm just going to play a Tejano song, and then I'm going to go play a hip-hop song, and then I'm going to switch it back to a Tejano song. It's yeah. Very easy. Easy. But the record selection at the time that I had was just like all underground hip-hop 
like oh East Coast <laughs> stuff that not played on the radio type stuff. Oh. And so all like the, all the head space. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, it, it would go from like Ramon Ayala to like the far side. And then it was yes. like, <laughs> so it, it didn't really make sense at that point, you know, and, and the lady was just sitting there just like, no. Thumbs down, pissed she just, off, she nod just her head. Her hand up she was just, <laughs> just like a constant, like for like five minutes, just <laughs> looking <laughs> me right in the face <laughs> with the thumbs down. So just give me the stink face. <sighs> yes, and the thumbs down yes. For five I'll never minutes. forget that. And my brothers all remember that lady too, man. It was like it's been there forever. It's just one of those things. That it's, whole setup though sounds like a great like video concept. Oh, it's for oh, you yeah. to like have that set yeah. up there. A friend of ours, I I used to out. DJ we want with you to the, reprocess that yeah. trauma. As oh, you need it. I think it's time. There's like a photo of, of me floating around with that setup somewhere. Uh, that, I don't know if you, there's a photographer in town named Derek Perrin. Yeah. But Derek has a bunch of old photos of us because he used to DJ back in the day too. And he would he was the guy with all the car stereo equipment. Oh. And so <laughs> so uh, he would loan us some stuff every once in a while. And, and he had a photo that he shared with me one time. And it was me like, I guess I must have been like 16 or something. I had like a bright orange Jinko shirt on and like yes. uh, a bunch of car audio equipment like yes. all over the place, you know? It was pretty, like we would, th we would think it was cool. It was like we had two speakers and then we would bring like a bass cannon or, <laughs> or oh like a sub from like a car, you know? And so, Pawn I mean, shop stuff. Yes, yes. Sick. So, yeah. Let's, let's, let's uh, <clears throat> contrast that, the cringiest moment, the <laughs> thumbs down moment that old lady right what was the best gig that you can remember that like oh my god that was sick. some uh, some of the best gigs were here in corpus you know like yeah. uh, dia de los muertos festivals were always really fun um of course like when me and happy played edc mexico that was like the one of the dopest shows um at that point we were kind of like that was like the year of cumbia anthem uh, and happy was doing really good on the edm side and i was doing pretty good on our side and it was just kind of a good moment for us to kind of play together. And we played on the on the Dos Equis stage out there, and it was it was lit, man. It was Mexico like, City. Yeah, like five thousand people there in our little tank, or or more. I don't know. It was huge, but um, it was just a cool moment, you know. Like we we're just there, kind of having fun, playing our music, and what do you feel cool. on the inside? Very happy. <laughs> no, it was it was crazy, man. I mean, you don't really know what to feel. I mean, you're kind of like nervous and and happy and and you're just kind of trying to take it all in at the same time and 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 you know being in mexico is, it's a different world out there you know and so uh they're really into music out there and they really into like the kind of music that i do and so it was cool to be like people were like waiting for us and like they wanted us they wanted us to play and it was a it was a big deal um so that was one of the that was probably one of the best gigs that i've ever that i've ever played that sounds that sounds pretty awesome. So we're going to take our second break now, and we're going to come back with more L. Dusty right after this. You're listening to Weird Corpus. I just want to take a minute to talk about Weird Corpus. What exactly is Weird Corpus? Well, first of all, it's a microzine. It's a monthly publication that exposes the counterculture of artists, unique businesses, and entertainment to the city. We drop off an issue every art walk at local businesses in downtown Corpus Christi to give these people a platform of art, music, and culture in a readable, tiny format. You can find us on social media at Weird Corpus. Follow us to find out where we're dropping these issues off at. Or you can follow us on the web, www.weirdcorpus.com. 
Every issue has its own artist with a free print inside. Pick up a copy of Weird Corpus today. We're back with our final segment with El Dusty. El Dusty, thank you for joining us back here again on the Weird Corpus podcast. Thank you all, Weird Corpus, for having me. It's been fun. Yes, we we love you so much, and and we we definitely want to have a, a a little bit of fun with you too, because scared. Here's a moment. Uh huh. Well, we always have to play a game yeah. with we our guests. Always have to mess with y'all. All right, let's I mean, do it. Come it's on. not that bad. I'm a good this, sport. I'm a good this sport. This is not bad. Don't be scared. Okay. So we have a couple of things that we're gonna do. Okay. All right. So the first one we're gonna talk about deserted island this is whenever you're trapped on a deserted island okay and you have a choice between what you get to take with you forever right okay like, so you're gonna live on this island for like you know let's say five years okay you have everything you need it's just like produce yeah you, know, you don't leave there anyway, <laughs> right? can i just take my building yeah you can take the whole building except, <laughs> but, but in the in the process there's a lot of things that are lost you have a small trunk to keep things in. Okay. So like maybe your DVDs. Yeah, like your DVDs. And your Blu-rays. I, and your I don't own any. And your cassette thank you. tapes. I'm all but thank you. <laughs> so we're gonna play a My little game. I have some hella cassette tapes. I bet you yeah, <laughs> seen them. So we're gonna we're gonna do a little game of well, you gotta pick which one of these uh, things you take with you okay. and the other one you have to leave behind. And these are hard. <laughs> right. I'm gonna start easy though. Okay. And then I'm gonna get really difficult. All right. I feel like it. that person's not very easy, but go. No. Ahead. So the first one, let's I'm gonna switch it up. The first one, Nacho Libre or Cheech and Chong's up in smoke. You have to pick wow. one. That's uh, an easy yeah. one? It's the it's an easy one for I mean, Dusty. It's not probably you it, know it's easy for well, me for Dusty it might be difficult. Well, because I have a lot of sentimental value with Cheech and Chong, you know, my parents <laughs> and stuff. So you know that's like that's one thing that like I I kind of hold close to my heart. My, the last concert me and my dad got to attend was a uh, Cheech's Cheech really? with War and Cheech and Chong. Yeah, there at at American Bank Center. Wow. So I don't know. Maybe I maybe I'll take the Cheech and Chong, but Nacho Libre is like a hundred percent my favorite movie ever. <laughs> oh my so. god, that is. <laughs> Here's the one thing that people don't know about Dusty. Dusty is super sentimental guy. <laughs> Dusty is <laughs> the sweetest man ever. He he's so sweet. Okay, don't tell anybody on. my Next. deep dark secrets. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just spilled all your guts. Yeah. Come on. Next one. This is a comedy album. <laughs> You're either listening to George Lopez. Or you're listening to Eddie Murphy Raw. Eddie Murphy Raw. All day. Without a doubt. Yeah. Oh my. George Lopez is okay. He's <laughs> okay. He's so funny. He is funny. Like, like he is funny. My, he reminds yeah. me of my uncles. He reminds me of. I was about to say, he reminds me of my dad and my uncles. But, <laughs> but, uh, dude, Eddie Murphy Raw is just like you. I've seen that movie so many times. Like, literally saw it this week. You yeah, know what I mean? Oh like. My <laughs> like it, it stays in my brain. That's right. one of the You're going with Eddie Murphy. That's a lot of wrong. my material right there. You That's, know, that is that is most of your material. <laughs> a stuff. lot of Eddie Murphy stuff is my material. Because so. he is so funny. There's a, a god somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> that dude. Next up, we're gonna take it a little bit. We're gonna take it a little bit hood now. So you have to choose between Blood In, Blood Out, or Boys in the Hood. Oof. This is getting harder now. Yeah, I'm, I'm ramping it up. I'm going to go with Boys in the Hood. You're going with Boys in the yeah. Hood. Soundtrack <laughs> fire. 
So, oh, are we talking about soundtrack? No, we're talking about the movie. Uh, oh, oh, oh yeah, the it. movie. Yeah, yeah, Boys in the Hood. You can yeah. just get Dude, lost. that was like at the prime time of my childhood yes. watching Boys in the Hood. That dropped. <laughs> that dropped. Probably not a good idea, Mom, but thanks, yeah. That was, like, <laughs> that was like one of my favorite movies ever. It was like the Transformers cartoon movie, Boys in the Hood, uh-huh. and Nothing New in Jack between. City. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's it, yeah, you know? So, yeah. You grew up real quick yeah. right at that moment. That's All it. right, we got, two, we got two choices left. We got, we got four choices choices left two two turns all right, all right, all right. friday or coming to america oh my <laughs> god that was johnny's first one i said there's no way i had to man, I, was gonna, I, I told you to replace uh what did what did you ask it was nacho libre and yeah what? nacho libre and yeah. what was the other one uh, up and smoke. Up and smoke. I was gonna say replace it with with uh, uh, fr- or, uh, we, we, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't get, let you get off easy, bro. We put you in the hot seat for a reason. Yeah. So right. here we go. One more time. Friday, or coming to America. <sighs> I'm gonna have to say coming to America. Oh! Because I I sing all the songs, man. You know what I'm saying? Like all the songs on there. I can. It's I I know every single word on that movie. Like from the from like the the songs to transition to the sounds. <laughs> oh like I know God. everything about that movie. It's Even where he's brain. like, "Hello, Babar." Like when he's like walking with his dad. Like I, I the whole movie I can recite it. Like my favorite ever? part. My favorite part is the old lady yelling out the window. Cállate la boca. <laughs> So this is like a small, tiny That's party. Every every morning when I was living at the Cosmo. All right, so I have well, a, I have a quick question. I was gonna ask you: Have you ever sampled anything? Like I have sampled the, um, the music. I did. Like, I did sample the, the the part where he's getting the the bath. But really? then, yeah, and then like three years later, Snoop Dogg made a song with that sample too. Oh, yeah, it's so gosh. cool though. Yeah, yeah, but you know, it's it's all right. Things. We're gonna bring you back down. This is a this is a totally corpus question now on this last one. <laughs> this has got angles of corpus that people only know if they've been here, if they're the locals, if they're the locals only, right? Mm-hmm. So now you have to choose. I'm very Selena scared. movie or La Bamba. What are you doing? Because you're gonna betray. I mean, City. this is wow. This is go racist. ahead and just like <laughs> pour up that cheese, man. Here's uh-huh. you're gonna betray everyone in the <laughs> Selena family, yes, and they're yes. really just gonna hate you, you forever. Know I have to do it to you. <laughs> it's like, you know bruh, I have to do it. Come to on, like it's a razor thin. Qu- this is Occam's razor. Come on, you just you're balancing the edge here. And okay. you can't say both. Selena or La Bamba. La Bamba. <sighs> both movies I know very well. Um, but I have to admit that I cry a lot more with Richie than I do with Selena. Oh man! Because let me tell you why. Because when 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 another sentimental moment in my life. But mm-hmm. when uh, La Bamba came out, I was like a little kid, like yeah. you know, like and and I was around. And it reminds me of my mom and all these. You know, it's just like one of those things. Like like uh, like as a musician, like you always like man, I I lived that life. Yeah. You know, like. Like my, seeing my mom struggle and and having my brothers around and 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 my my older brother was kind of very much like Babo where he would always like put me in these weird situations DJing. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, he brought the turntables home. Like, what? Well, that's something we didn't talk about. We're gonna talk about that <laughs> for sure, though. <laughs> my, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, you know, like uh, I, I, I La Bamba is like one of my favorite movies, and I, and I feel like if I'm gonna be alone on an island. I'm a very, I'm very much a masochist. So I would like want to like depress myself the whole time that I'm there yeah. and like 
just like give Put me yourself through it. Yes, give me some crying uh-huh. moments while I'm here alone. On I want to feel like alive. Yes. Punishment. Yes. yes, that part, the Richie part is very sad. And then like, of course, all the music on there is just like sad. But on the other hand, when the Selena movie, when Selena passed away, I was in military school and I was like at teen angst 100%. So like next level. I hated everything at that point in my life. You know what I it mean? ruined like, you. Yes. So, but I love Selena. You know what I mean? Like I love Selena. I love her music, her family, all that. They're always inspiring. You know what I mean? But, and, and you know, me being me, I'm going to have to go ahead and just go with La Bamba. Hey, I can't argue. Yeah. La Bamba was like... That was pivotal as an yes. eight year eight year old. I think yes. it came out when we yes. were eight years old, and whenever you just dude, hear the story, story, man, the story, just, is just, dude, only only lasted six months. Yeah, it's crazy. He blew up in six months, and that was it. Man, that was and it. then, and he was like sixteen years old, dude. God. Seventeen so years wild. old. That's wild, dog. Let's talk about let's talk about your older brother <laughs> and Bob. I love this story. <laughs> I can't wait for you to share it. We got to tell this story. We got to tell this story because the people must know. It's an iconic moment in like corpus history. Dude, it's going to bite me in the ass one of these days. I know it. But yes, my uh, it is true. My brother, (laughs) my brother and his gang. (laughs) His gang. The rowdy rough boys. Shout out to everyone from Temple Park. (laughs) Uh, One time they were there was a there was like a quinceanera. I don't know. I'm not gonna say where because someone might might be listening. Yeah, Uh, but here in Corpus somewhere, and uh, it was around 1991. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, they left the trailer open around a around a quinceanera somewhere, and uh, a a lot of. stereo equipment including two technique 1200 turntables uh, ended up at my house uh and you know at that point in my life i had been bugging my dad for turntables like every single day where did you see them first because i want to know where did you hear about turntables man i mean i've always been into rap you know what i mean but uh probably like jam master j or something watching run dmc but um i was uh i i I had cut out this little like ad and it was like $500 for like a starter kit turntable. And I put it on my dad's uh, nightstand because my dad was a quadriplegic and he would like watch TV like all day long pretty much. So he would have, he had his little nightstand and I was just like, you know what? You have to see this all the time. (laughs) And dude, that thing stayed there for years. Like it wouldn't surprise me if that, that little ad like turned up somewhere at my parents' house. But, uh, it was there forever, and even after I got my turntables, I remember it was still taped to the, to his 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 uh, little TV stand, and uh, and then those you know my brother one night they all that stuff just showed up. I mean he he was always getting in trouble, dude, like constantly. Always. Yes, bad boy. Cops all the time at the house. Like oh. he was always getting in fights and stuff. I mean you know at that at that time though that's what it was. You know he was 16, 17 years old. You know, eighteen years old, whatever, and. Uh, and so the turntables ended up at my house. One day I get home from school and there's like all this stuff just like on the floor. Turntable. There was three turntables, a mixer, 
some speakers, I think, and like a bass guitar or something like that. Some dudes out there going, dude, that oh, was my, oh, <laughs> my bass. But uh, that's yeah. my bass. Yeah. That was my bass. I'm going to go ahead and drag the wrong crowd into this because yeah, I'm pretty no, sure no, no, they right, had right, something right. to do with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just, uh, <laughs> the guys from the wrong crowd. I'm not going to say <laughs> look at their bass, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, and so they all, they, all that stuff ended up at my house and, uh, you know, um, I was kind of always the kid in my family that was like uh, the technologically inclined. Yeah. So they would, um, you know, every time the VCR would break or whatever, it'd be like, Dusty, come fix this thing, you know, and yeah. I mean, figure it out, whatever. So at that point, my brother was like, yo, how do we hook this up? And I was like, oh, I'll figure it out. And so I I figured it out. We got him running. And then he was he left and he was like, don't mess with anything until I come don't back. Don't touch this. Don't touch nothing. Don't come in my room. Yeah, don't come. go to my room. And I'm like, whatever. And so... <laughs> I let him leave and then I, I went into his room and dude, I just like nonstop practiced for like seven years straight from the, from, from the seventh grade till a senior in high school. I pretty much like practiced every single day. And then on the weekends I would stay up all night and practice And my, my uh, Nasadio uh, DJ natural would come over like pretty much every weekend and spend the whole weekend there and we would just practice DJing. And so, I mean, we got those 10,000 hours in probably before I was 17 years old. Quick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of course, you're talking about the, the path to a professional, yes, right? The yes. $10,000 you invest. 10,000 10, hours. 10,000 hours. Yeah, um, yes. What did I say? Dollars? Dollars, yeah. Well, I, <laughs> it's pretty I, yeah. much, sorry, guy with the trailer. But. <laughs> that was the $10,000 part. The 10, Somebody 000, had to make that investment. The, ten, <laughs> <laughs> investment. the 10,000 hours, of course, well, then now I can see years later paid off. Uh, that is so great. Um, so let's let's jump ahead now. All right. So we also want to talk about a little bit about produce uh, before we uh, before we get out of here. Right. Yeah. Produce. And part of that 10,000 hours of being a professional, you have now even come to the point where you're inspiring other young artists. Now, now you have become like the teacher and then produce the studio itself now you're bringing in these younger kids what's the story there like how did this happen um well i got old <laughs> and uh my you back know hurts. my back started to hurt so i just want everybody else to do the work now and i just watch nice. Good, smart man. Nah, but uh, uh you know uh, uh, the the music scene here in corpus has always been amazing you know like ever since even back in the 90s and the tejano era all the the music all the musicians back then were like really really good like they would come to corpus to find musicians and then bring them to san antonio or bring them to uh, houston or wherever chicago and things like that and a lot of people from chicago migrated to corpus because of the music scene and and san antonio and and these areas especially in the tejano world um <coughs> and so we've always had like really great musicians here and i feel like we've always had to like step up step up in a lot of the in a lot of our trades because of where we're at we're kind of geographically in this weird place where it's like we don't really have to go there in order to get to the next big city you know what i mean so it's like we have to stick out a hundred times more than anybody else so there is a lot of musicians here that are really really amazing and um and you know we've all been trying to make it out uh and you know most recently uh kevin abstract uh he's yeah you know they blew up with Brockhampton and they're headlining Lollapalooza and and uh, all kinds of huge worldwide festivals like these guys are I mean he's like an icon like le literally an icon and he's inspired so many different uh 
kids here in, in Corpus where as now as like all these kids are into hip hop and they're all into making rap music. And, and it's just, it's really cool to see that shift from like people like me who were inspired by dudes like AB Quintanilla and, 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 uh, the, the Tejano legends that were out. I mean, that's kind of like where I, where I kind of come from is I seen these guys kind of make it. And then now they're able to see someone like Ian who, uh, is like a hip hop artist, you know, yeah. like it actually happened, like a rapper actually from made here. it from Corpus. Wow. Yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, the name of his rap group is Brockhampton and Brockhampton's the street here in Corpus, you know, but, uh, but since then I feel like he inspired a lot of hip hop, uh, artists and, uh, and a lot of them are really going for it, you know? Um, and a lot of them are coming through our doors. Um, uh, you know, there's another cat that made it out uh, named Ian Dior. He he's blowing up all over the place recently, and he just did a song with Travis Barker and all kinds of people from here in Corpus. You know, he's one of Skip's boys. Yeah. And then um, uh, I'm working with this kid named Renzo, a little Filipino kid who uh, blew up his. He's been putting songs on TikTok, and one of his songs blew up. He got over a hundred thousand plays in one week just off one like little TikTok video and we put this we put the song out and now it's doing really well and then we just got a a big record deal with Republic and uh I'm not going to say how much but this kids like they're going to do something with him you know what I mean yeah. like they got they got some really good uh, the guy that signed him is the dude who discovered um Post Malone you know what I mean so there and it's weird how like how many eyes are on on Corpus you know like I was talking to I had seen Gino from Z95 recently and he was like, dude, like what's next? Like who's the next hip hop artist in Corpus? All these labels are asking me all the time. Like who's the next artist from Corpus? Who's the next artist from Corpus? And so, uh, that even coming from that angle, you know, where people are asking about these groups, um, it's inspiring to me and I just want to help them out, you know, and like whatever I can do, like if it's production, if it's recording, um, you know, helping your vocals sound a little better or just giving you tips on how to do it on your own. I'm very, I'm, I'm, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to become rich or anything off of, off of studio time. You know, I, I just like, I just like to do it. It's something that I can do and, and make a little bit of money, up, money out of, and then I have time to do my own stuff, you know? So that's, that's where my blessing is. But, but the cool thing is that there's all these really cool producers and rappers and things, and they're all kind of like introducing themselves to me and coming to the studio now to come and record. And I'm able to kind of guide them in, in, in the right, what I think is the right direction, you know? And you take these younger artists and you're like, really have so much to offer them. You get to, you get to tell these guys like, Hey, this is what it's like. This yeah. is, this is, this really is what I think. <laughs> this is what I think it's like, you know? Yeah. I mean, everything is perceptive, you know what I mean? But, uh, but but luckily these guys have been trusting me enough to come through and and man we're we're doing really good music you know and and I got a good team you know Mariano is always there in the studio with me and and we have a couple other cats you know Kinder's always been around and Kinder was like one of the biggest facilitators of the hip hop scene in Corpus too and now he he moved out to L A and he's he's rolling out there with Ian Dior and he's doing his thing um, very well he's only been there for a couple of weeks and he's already been in the studio with imagine dragons and all these other people wow. you know so uh he's doing really well and and there's a lot of there's a lot of other artists coming out and like female uh hip uh, there's hip-hop artists there's a rap group called vhs there's renzo you know like all these different sort of aspect uh 
of the of the scene of, of like hip-hop scene i would say i mean there's r&b artists and there's there's rock artists or whatever but they're all kind of linked because of the hip-hop scene you know like artists like quentin and um and uh even like uh meta meta yeah you know what i mean like all these people are kind of linked through hip-hop but um it's kind of all over the place which is cool well we want to talk a little bit about uh uh your wife too she has chica's rock Ceci is yes. known in the community for yes. helping young girls achieve their dreams through music right yes. this is a a, a female uh, inspired uh, music girl power music girl yeah. power program yeah what's going on with chica's rock can you give us an update for her since she's not here in the studio today <laughs> well let everybody know a little bit about chica's too. i'd like to yeah. know too yeah, yeah. well chica's is a music program it's it's, it's only for girls I mean, they they welcome anybody really. I mean, they've had a couple of boys like in the summer camps and stuff like that. But um, it's a it's a it's genuinely a safe space for girls to like go and just be among other women that are interested in music and interested in like pushing each other up, you know. And and uh, and she's had that program for you know I don't even know how long it's been, maybe ten years already. Um, and uh, and they've been doing really well. They're 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 on Everheart and Holly. Um, and it was really kicking ass up until the COVID thing happened and she's been kind of like doing a couple, you know, they had a couple of, of online classes going on for a while and she's just been having to like figure it out, you know, just like everybody else. Um, and then they did a GoFundMe, which was really successful. They like raised their, their goal in like a couple of hours, you know, thanks to Johnny sharing it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> hey. And, uh, Those are my friends. Yeah. And so they, they do really well. And, and she has all these girls just like knocking her door down, trying to get back to the, to the, to the spot. You know, they miss it. The little girls love it. And of course the parents love dropping them off there. And, and, um, you know, it's like karate for little girls, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> come Cobra over Kai and musical show. Cobra Kai. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but it's cool, man. I mean, you see all these girls, like they come from there and they're all, you know, they, they really know how to play. They really know how to sing. They, they learn how to be in a band together and kind of work on stuff together. So, um, hopefully, you know, the next, the next Selena or the next, you know, yeah. Paula Deanda or there something might be coming straight out of Chica's rock, man. You don't know. And you, I wouldn't be surprised <clears throat> how many people you work with and cultivate. Dude. And yeah. They're coming out very man. organically. Yeah. And, and so now, uh, they're starting classes up again in September, really small, five people to a class, social distance. And then, uh, they're also going to be having some online classes right now, so they're they're doing registration at at the at the moment. Well, good luck to Chica's Rock. We're yeah. gonna we're gonna uh, start wrapping it up here. So uh, on our way out, one more thing, John. What? No, I'm just joking. Uh-huh. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. I want to hear. No, I'm just kidding. We're gonna wrap it up for you, everybody today. But uh, uh, the way we're gonna send you off is this: <laughs> you are you are such an inspiring dude, uh, working hard for so many years. Let's talk about. Dusty's dream collabs before we get out of here. I'm going to run down once again another small little list. Oh, you know too to. much about me. I know. It's so, so weird. Dude, we're so just, weird. Dude, we, I, we John, we've back. been friends for a long time. For dude. more than half of our lives. That's crazy. I know. It's weird. We, uh, uh, the, the first time we hung out or did anything together, was I had the speakers, I had the sound system, yeah. the same sound system that I was talking about. Yeah. We did a pep rally. We did a pep rally school. at Cal Island High School yeah. in my punk band. Punk band. <laughs> punk band I think that was, I don't, like, who, whose idea was it for you? Was that from, was that my idea? 
I think it was my idea that to I play? went to play, and then you and got then me I to got go in there. Okay, do it. sweet. Yeah. Oh you were like, oh, you got up. the speakers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, <laughs> Could man, you imagine what we were telling the teachers, like, to get yeah. up there? <laughs> like, no, 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 I promise it'll be cool. Like, Listen, I have clean. a band. We're, we're, we're cool. very good. The, we're very clean. The, the, the lyrics are What was naughty. the name of the band at that point? The Sunny Chiba 7, which was, like, <laughs> it was a punk ska band, no. and it was, like... Is that you, the name of the band? Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that. That was the name of the band, and I'll tell you why. Because we used to... There was Bruce Lee, and then there's a, also no. an, a person called Sunny Chiba, who was, like, a more violent that's your dude right there girl (laughs) you're about to marry this man (laughs) anyways that was us we're seven piece band and we just had dusty do sound for us (laughs) at a pep rally and it was the best dude bass was was rocking we had so much fun all right so here it is dream collabs before we get out of here all right we're gonna start easy the first one's gonna hurt we're gonna start easy and we're gonna get hard i I want you to just think about this as career as for your career Career moves right not my own basically it's gotta be a little bit of both sorry you gotta balance the two yourself in your own head number one cypress hill or far side wow johnny how <laughs> dare you oh this one hurt me <sighs> and i'm not dusty and i'm not musically inclined i mean okay, the, the, okay it, wait 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 so are you ready for that one or should i hold that to the end no i mean i'm ready okay. Okay. Let's do it. the thing is <laughs> there's a lot of factors in the, the coming to play there's with factors. that cypress hill is like still together as a unit right you know what i mean like those guys have held it together far side are two different groups with the same, with you know, like two different, like there's four members and they both split up into two different bands. Right. So, I, I don't know. And 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 the cool <laughs> thing about the Far Side is they kind of like left it where it was. What if they want to have a reunion? Yeah. Just for this collab, they did have a re for this collab would be yeah. insane. <laughs> I mean, that's what you got to consider when you're doing this. This is dream collab. It's a dream. I, it's a dream. If you want them back together. What if we did El Dusty and the Farsight featuring Be Real from Oh, Sunset. my God. <laughs> that's such a cop-out move. I like but it, though. I like I it. I'm not going to be mad at all you. All right, all right. All right. I, I, would say, I would have to say the Farsight only because if it was like, if, it, if I had the chance, it wouldn't happen again. Yeah. With Be Real, it might happen again because we have a lot of a lot of close friends that all work together. That collab has yes. really come in and, and in real life. I actually emailed him this week to oh try to get on a collab. So, oh my God. Oh my God. This is real. You're listening. This is, this, is <laughs> this is actually real life now. Oh We're talking shit. about real life. Yeah. I all right. love yeah. Let's so go back. Let's see. If, let's if we get a collab, I'm going to blame it. That's going to be the theme song for the show. Right. We're going to make it much easier, much easier. Let's just kick it back to the old school question. All right. Are you collabing with Biggie or Tupac? Biggie. Straight up. Biggie, because I liked his music more, Tupac was really rad because he was just like, he was like an artist, an actor, a businessman. Like he, he was also like an activist, you know what I mean? And I respect all the stuff that he did. But dude, Biggie was just like, he was like a character, you know what I mean? Like he had like, he had like this voice and like, yes. I don't know. But, Larger than life. Right. But I don't know, man, because Tupac, Tupac on a feature is crazy. You know, yeah. like his voice is wild, and like the the stuff that he did on 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 the, like the Thug Life album, the the Thug Life the band, not his album, but that Thug Life album was like wow. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. All right, we're gonna keep it. We're gonna bring it back to new school now. Okay. Let's bring it new school. Kuko or Kali Uchis. Mm. Who are you working with in the new school, the new vibe? Damn. 
You know who both of these artists are. Yeah. Hello, John. Tell, tell the I'm pretty too. sure I introduced you to their music, no, but whatever. Actually, I introduced him. Oh. I'm pretty sure I showed you. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> Shut up. Um, man. Uh, well, um, who do you want to do one song with? One song. I would who's, say. Who's the first one? I would have to say Caliucci's. Really? Yeah. yeah only Not because bad. like Kuko's Caliucci's is like untouchable. Kuko is like attainable. I could probably get it. We might be able to do. Savani did a song with Kuko, a couple of them. So like, Sick. we already have that collab in the in the tank. So let's let's get the let's get the artist okay. with Caliucci. Yeah. All right, we have two we have two turns left. Okay, then we're right. gonna end it. So this is fun but stressful. <laughs> this one's this one should be easy too. Nicki Minaj or Cardi B. It's just very basic. That's Cardi B. Cardi no, B. Not yeah. a doubt. All the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Dude. I gotta go. But dude, Nicki Minaj's attitude just sucks to me. Dude, Nicki Minaj can do the pat- the patois. Dude. She's great. She can do that if you want to switch it up and do a reggae album. Of with course, her. but imagine Cardi B on a reggae song. God, she would kill mm-hmm. it. She drops fire, dude. Yes. All right, last one. This one this is, is gonna be the juxtaposition, right? We have two. <laughs> this is gonna be the judge. This one's gonna be the judge. And now I had to go. Are you gonna build your career? Are you gonna be a legend? Kind of question. Like, what are you like, gonna do? Oh God. Here's the here's the, here's the two. You have to decide. You're gonna do a collab with Ramon Ayala, or you're gonna do a collab with Bad Bunny. And the reason why I put those two is because one of them is gonna give you a path to instant stardom, like with young people across the globe. And then another is going to solidify you in the annals of Mexican music. Well, for like ever. So what do you want? Solidified so which in one? the annals? I <laughs> the other thing. <laughs> or the other thing. Uh, well, I have to say this. The new style and new music, like the way it's released and everything, it's just very like fly by night, you know, like because because yeah. Bad Bunny's gonna drop a song this week, but next week he's gonna drop another song and yeah. it's gonna be number one, and then the week after that another song and it's gonna be number one. But Ramon Ayala, when he drops a song, those songs are classics forever. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm 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 sorry, but Bad Bunny's songs are not gonna be classics the way for 30, 40, 50 years. No, they're just not. So I would have to go with Ramon Ayala. Good man, <laughs> thank you. For but I will say this. Recently at the studio, the the Ayala sons, the the, the all the they came to the studio. To, oh my God! Another story to, to record like, a song here. that Bad Bunny. It was a Ramon Ayala song that Bad Bunny rapped on, oh or my or he God. something 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 happened where he did a song, and it was the same. I don't remember, but they they recorded the song at the studio to send to Bad Bunny. This is just too peak, right? Like yes. this is like the conspiracy yeah. theory. Yeah. To, this is why conspiracy theories exist because people like Dusty exist that bring them all together. I just start under- throwing all these facts. Yeah. You're like, well, the elite well, here. Facts. Yeah. Let me just say Dusty, that. El Dusty, my good friend Dusty Oliveira. <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you for coming on the Weird Corpus podcast. Thank you. Thank so you guys much. for being so you weird have, and having this podcast. You. Yeah. I enjoy uh, listening you are to so y'all. Fun. And we love having you. We love you so much. We love Ceci so much. And shout out to Sasha. Yes, yes. I'm wearing my Sasha shirt. Yes, I see right, that. You gotta, if it. you see Dusty walking Sasha downtown, <laughs> give him a friendly wave. Uh, we're Weird, Weird Corpus. Thank you for so much to all of our listeners out there. Uh, we're going to give it one more time up. Give it up for El Dusty. El Dusty. Yeah.
Thank you all so much for listening. This has been Weird Corpus.